heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. Richard Matthews here. I have Sean Anderson on the line. Sean is, uh, um, are you here, Sean? Richard, it's nice to be with you today. Yes, I hear awesome. you perfectly well. It's good to be with you, Richard. Thank you. Awesome. Let me do a quick introduction for you so people know who you are, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into talking about your story. So you are number one ranked motivation and self-help author, international keynote speaker, and results producing people builder. Um, you have a uh, go the extra mile philosophy, which is really interesting. Um, want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, and you've been able to produce winning results that have been uh, you know, praised by political leaders, Olympic gold medal, and world record holders. Um, I'm just skimming through some of this stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about as we get into this day, the extra mile America um, and some of your, you know, walked across France and a couple other countries. Sounds like you've done a lot of really cool stuff there. So before we get to all of that, what I want to find out from you, Sean, is what are you known for now? What is your, uh, what is your business like? What do people hire you for? Um, why do people uh, call you up and say, hey, I want to work with you, Mike? Or Sean, I'm sorry. I'm not sure why I said Mike. <laughs> well, really, my main philosophy is all about going the extra mile. It's 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 about it's about pushing just a little bit harder to get to where we want, and and that's what I'm known as is this extra mile man, and it's it's something that 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 that's a part of everything I do with the organization Extra Mile America, where we have Extra Mile Day. It's how I live my life, walking across countries, literally walking the extra mile. Everything I do, every success I've ever had, it's because I wasn't. I wasn't just content with doing the basic, but I wanted to achieve the goal. And I found out that you can't just do the basic if you want to achieve the goal. You've got to do more. You have to add more value. You have to go the extra mile. Absolutely. So when, uh, when people are, are they hiring you to do speaking or are they hiring you to do coaching or are they hiring you to come in and work with their team, what is it that, uh, that people hire you to do? You know, I've really, I'm really, really blessed in my life in the sense that I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, and I've really reached a position of of success that you know I don't, I don't chase the dollar anymore. I don't worry about the dollar right now. I focus on two things. I focus on, on doing keynote speaking, and I'm lucky to pick and choose. I want a keynote. I focus on writing. I've, I've written seven books. Uh, my last book was called The Four Fibs, and I focus on Extra Mile America. Besides that, I live the life. I love. I have a couple of clients that I work with on retainer, long-time retainer, but I no longer accept any more clients. So I'm really blessed. You know, I, I really pick and choose what I want to do every single day. I live, I live my heart. What I want to talk about then is how how this all started for you, right? Your your origin story. Every hero has their origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that you know, maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. 
Um, you said a minute ago that you've been an entrepreneur your whole life. How did, what, how did that journey start? What did, how did you get on um, and become an entrepreneur? Were you, it was like childhood business kind of thing. How did it go down? Yeah, I think you and I are kindred spirits in that. I read a little bit about your biography and, and how you had started young buying boxes of candy from the big stores and then yeah. going, to, going to school and, and, and upselling to your fellow students. You know, clever. My first entrepreneurial business was about age 10. Uh, I, would, I would flood my parents' backyard at nighttime so the giant night crawlers would rise to the top of the soil. I would then gather those dudes up, put them in a peat moss barrel, run an ad in the Reno Evening Gazette on the weekend, sit out there every Saturday morning super, super early. The fishermen would stop by my address because they knew that I had the best, biggest, and most amazing worms ever. I would sell those dudes out of Baker's Dozen. They would come again and again and again, and I became rich in baseball cards because I learned early that if I worked hard, I could get what I want, and I turned Nightcrawler money into baseball cards. So there you have it. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, I was. Uh, that sounds very similar to mine. Where you know, I I, I definitely uh, um, bought candy wholesale and sold it retail to my friends at school. And I remember very vividly my first lesson in the difference between profit margin and um, and revenue, because um, I was confused as all get out when I you know I spent fifty dollars on candy and I made a hundred dollars, um, and was trying to figure out why when I. Um, I was like, oh, I made $100 profit. And you realize it's not $100 profit because you have cost of goods sold. Yeah, um, I didn't right. know what any of those things meant. <laughs> and so I only had $50 profit. Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember had, like sitting there with money my dad. Back to your dad, right? Yeah, you, had a, you're, yeah. You, you thought your dad was getting the candy for free. It was a donation to the company, but it mm -hmm. didn't work like that, did it? Yeah, so like I, I got my $100, I had to pay back the loan, so give my dad $50 back, and then I had to restock my supplies, so <laughs> I spent $50, and I was like, I sold $100 worth of candy, and I have nothing. <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? I thought I was running a successful business. So I remember, I remember specifically like learning that lesson really early, um, and having to ask my dad, like, what is profit, and like, you know, trying to get those kinds of things defined. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun game to play, um, especially as a young kid um, and gets you to realize that, uh, you know, you're in control of what you create and how you create it. You know, and you brought up a really interesting point as you were telling your story, Richard. It, it, sometimes you just can't build something and, and, and hope that they will come. You know, it was like that movie with Kevin Costner a, a long time ago called Field of Dreams. Build it and they shall come. That's just not true. It's not yeah. true it, 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 because look at how many websites there are of everybody who has a dream and they thought, man, if I just put it out there, Google's going to find me and they will come. But you hit upon something as you were telling your story. You hit upon you know, investing, investing into yourself, investing in the product. There, there was a cost to really put out there. Yours was money. Uh, then it was mm -hmm. time. But if we're not willing to put in some sort of real investment, we're never really going to grow our businesses, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it's interesting because that, that investment is, uh, it, it can be time, it can be money, it can be both. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it's blood, sweat and tears to, to build a skill set that um, other people are interested in, uh, you know, in availing themselves of, right? You have to you have to put it in to get it out, um, so to speak. And I, I don't know, I, I feel like a lot of times entrepreneurs, especially at the beginning, they don't realize how much effort it takes to actually build something that's worthwhile. Um, and, um, you know, to get to the point where you are, where you can pick and choose, like that doesn't just happen. Right? You, have to, <laughs> you have to really try for it. 
Yeah, and sometimes you can have the most talented person in the world that is so darn good, but if the world doesn't know about your talents, nothing's going to happen. You know, marketing has become, and I know that you're a marketing expert, and I, I and so you can speak on the subject way better than me. But you know, people people really need to 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 put on a marketing hat. And if you're not a marketer and you have a business or an entrepreneur, you know, project that you're working on, or if you're an artist or a writer, or whatever, man, if you don't learn marketing, you better surround yourself with the best marketing people in the world. And you better have at least some understanding of what they're doing because marketing is how you're going to succeed. Yeah. Marketing. I tell people uh, the, uh, the game that we play that everyone plays is the game of attention. Right. And if you learn how to um, basically is you, you have to get attention and learn how to turn that into revenue and fans. Um, and the uh, um, that's what marketing is. Marketing is about learning how to get and capture attention. So it's, it's sort of a foundational piece for every business. Um, and it's actually the reason why I got into marketing, because I was like, if I'm going to develop a skill, I might as well develop a skill that everyone needs all the time, no matter what happens. So that's, that's why I chose that, that field to go into. Well, you know, you were pretty wise about that because you're absolutely right. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the car driving down the street or if it's the furnace that needs to go into the house. The book that sits on our bookshelf, the food that sits on our refrigerator, the, the hose that's connected to our outside faucet, every one of those products needed to have some sort of marketing in order to catch your attention to be there. So for you to learn yeah. marketing, you just gave yourself a chance to work with every single product in the world. Yep, that was uh, that was actually my thought process when I was 13 or 14. I was like learning, you know, I was buying candy and selling candy. I was like, I could get really good at this, or I could get really good at, you know, the thing that leads to the sales, like getting the customers. And anyways, I sort of been focused on marketing ever since. Um, so that's my uh, my 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 love there. So what I want to um, talk about next, though, is uh, your superpowers, right? It's what you do or build or offer this world that helps solve people's other problems, solve problems for other people. You know, things you use to slay this world's villain, so to speak. If you could narrow down your superpower in your business, what would you say it is? You know, honestly, uh, I, I, people, people ask, you know, often, you know, what's the thing that makes you most different? And I really say that I, I'm, I'm really a very ordinary guy, but I, I believe in living an extraordinary life. And, and it, even the word extraordinary, it's got those first letters of extra. And I learned that to live an extraordinary life, you've got to, you've got to give extra. You have to have an extra vision, extra passion, extra solid purpose. And so, you know, I don't think that I have any superpowers, but what I do have is I have a deep belief in myself. I have a deep belief in my ability to create the life that I love. I have a deep I have a deep belief in my ability to take a goal of which I am passionate about and turn it into the reality that I walk. So I, I suppose my superpower is just, man, I believe in me. And every time that I start a new goal, the very first thing I put on the top of every single goal list of all the steps, step one, I can do this. Yeah. So what, what cracks me up about that is uh, you say, I'm not sure I have any superpowers. And you've walked across seven countries, pedaled 4,000 miles across the U.S. twice, run a 100-mile race, run a multi-billion dollar company. Um, you still got to be something, something that uh, makes you different. And I like, I like, I like that idea where you're think, you say, just realizing that there, you have to put in that extra. You have to put something 
something more forward than what other people are doing. Um, um, I like to tell my son on a regular basis that um, that the difference between me and other people is that I'm willing to, you know, work them under the table to speak, right? Um, and, you know, that phrase comes from, you know, from drinking, right? I can drink someone under the table means I can drink more alcohol right. than you and you'll, you'll pass out before I do. Um, <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I said there's, I tell my son, there's no competition for a man who's willing to do the work, right? right. To just go out right. there and, and, um, and, and make it happen. Um, because most people aren't willing to do that. And I think that's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's where you're, where you're going through. You can't just do the baseline, right? You have to actually put in the extra effort, put in the extra work to, to build something, to build something bigger than yourself. Yeah, and I think if people just remember back at any experience in their life where they really stood out and they excelled, it's because, because they probably did more than just the average to get by. It could have been a class in high school or college that you just loved. You loved the professor, you loved the, the knowledge, and you just devoted so much extra time, and that's why you got that A. It could be you know, a, a project that you loved at work that you just knocked it out of the park because you loved it so much that you put in the extra time, effort, passion. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that's where, that's where we start to build exceptional lives is when we just don't accept the mediocrity of existing, but we accept the, the possibility of, of, of really living the whispers in our heart. The whispers in our heart are those whispers that say, wow, I'd love to do that. Man, I'd love to create that. Man, I would, I would love to take my family and live in a new place across the country all the time. Man, I would love that. Those are the whispers. And when we truly start to believe we can and we, and we do extra, that's when we live the whispers in our heart. That's when we live the extraordinary life. So I have a question about that um, because it's something that I've, I've done over and over and over again. I like the way you're, you're talking about it um, is, is this idea that, if you, you, you call them whispers, um, you know, the things that you want to do, the things that you want to, to move your life forward. And, you know, in my case, we're traveling around the country. Um, something that happens to me all the time now, because we're traveling and doing this, is people are like, man, I wish I could live the life you're living. And my response to that is generally, why don't you, right? Like what, what's holding you back? Because right. the, the only difference between me and someone else is just that I made a different decision, right? I just decided to do it um, and did something a little extra about it. And, you know, I see people who want to get into this particular lifestyle and, um, and you see them thinking like, you know, I've decided yesterday I want to go, you know, sell all my stuff, move into RV and travel the country with my family. So we're looking at RVs now. Um, and they're like, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, it started 10 years ago before I was married in college. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool is to take this kind of trip and spent, you know, the next 10 years building a life and building a family and building a business that allowed me to do that. And then we finally were able to, everything sort of lined up to where we could make it happen. Um, but it was a little bit of progress over the course of a long time that leads to being able to do the things that you want to do, right? You have to do a little extra all the time right? um, to, uh, to, to, to build the life that you want. You know, that's right. I mean, and if we really understand that principle that if we move an inch forward every day, eventually we'll move a mile. And that's what, the, what, that's what it is. When you have a big dream, if you have a big goal, you just can't, you can't wish, pray, and hope it will happen. You know, that's, that's where the whole notion of the secret, I think, really started to misguide people a little bit. If I wish hard enough, if I think hard enough on this, I'm going to attract this goal or this dream or this miracle into my life. Man, the, the real 
the real key in my mind to attracting the success and the vision and the dream and the goal is when you're willing to put forth action every single day. Just move an inch forward on your goal every day and eventually you will be in the RV and you will be living that life that you had dreamed about. Yeah. And like, I, I follow that same principle in my, uh, in my business too, with my clients. It's like, I have all of the projects that we're working on. And one of the things I've realized is uh, that in order to grow all of my clients' results for the work that I do, what one of the things that I set up is like, I want to take a look at every client that we've got and see what progress we're making on that, that client's projects. And sometimes it's like, all we have to do is just check in and, you know, make sure that whatever happened today was supposed to happen. Like it, they don't have to be big changes. Sometimes it's like, we're just doing one little thing. It's, you know, we're submitting a ticket here or we're doing a thing there, but you know, whatever the thing is for, for that client, we make a little bit of effort, a little bit of motion forward. Um, and we do that every day with our clients um, and they see big results over the course of time because of that, right? There, Cause there's always just someone there making sure that there's a little bit of progress every day. Um, and that little bit of progress, um, it's how you accomplish anything. That's right. And you know what, Richard, you, you really hit on another excellent point. Oftentimes, one of the keys to, to achieving what we want to do is to have a built-in accountability system. It's, it sounds like you are, you are that for your clients, you know, that constantly checking in, making sure that they are on purpose, making sure that they're doing this, that they're doing that. And I'm a big believer that if you've got a dream, if you've got a goal, if you've got a belief in your heart that you really want to live, man, you do not keep that silent. You do not keep that to yourself, but you find your accountability partner, someone else who's dreaming big about what they want to do, and you share, you share with each other what it is, and then you hold each other accountable constantly, whether it's daily, whether it's three times a week, and you call up and say, hey, Richard, let's talk about it. How's it going? What did you do this week? What were the action steps that you took to get to where you want? You apply accountability to your goal and dream and bring someone else that keeps you on track man, you've just multiplied your chances of getting to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, um, it's one of the key, the key aspects of, of, you know, making sure everything gets moved forward. And like, um, I said, it, you know, in, in context of my business, one of the things that, uh, um, I set up with all of my clients is we do, we do a, a weekly accountability call. It's like, Hey, here's the things that, you know, you needed to get to me and here's the stuff that I promised we would get to you this week. Um, and so like we build that, that, methodology into business growth but the same thing happens with uh you know my um i say he's my business partner but really we're like running partners right he's got his business i got my business we talk every day and um you know working on growing things that way and we have the same thing going with you know my my wife and raising the kids and how we're doing those kind of stuff and it's a principle that we apply over and over and over again to um, move forward so yeah that's a it's a very powerful skill set to learn how to um, a, know where you want to go and then B, can consistently move the puck just a little bit every day. Yeah, you're just right on with those principles. And that's why you are so successful because, you know, life starts to kick all of our butt. And, it, and if we didn't have accountability built into our life, you know, it would like, oh my God, I just got these, this email today, which was unexpected. And oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this bill. And this happened and this happened and this happened. I mean, the truth of it is, is that life will wear you down. Life will wear you down and it will start to drown your passion unless you are doing something 
to keep your passion at the top of your list, to keep your goal at the top of the list. And that's what accountability does. That's what's connecting, you know, having the family accountability with you and your wife being great partners. That's what having the business partner that keeps you accountable to staying on track. Because otherwise, man, man, life just shoots you with bows and arrows all the time. And eventually you just go, oh my God, I got nothing left to give unless you're reminded of, of what it is that you really want. Yeah. And, you know, just a fair warning for anyone who might think they want to get in the RV and travel like that. And I assume it's probably the same way if you're, you said you've traveled a bunch of countries, the unexpected, that stuff that, you know, gets in the way and, you know, knocks you down happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know what, you know, that's a really beautiful point. And, you know, and actually that's why I do what I do when I, when I take these every eight months or so, I, I, when I walk across a country, I've walked across what is it, seven or eight countries now in the last five years. When I say walk across, once I step in country, man, I've got a 30 plus pound backpack on my shoulder and I am walking to that destination. And I call these my ax sharpening trips every single year because, because we, when you don't really know sometimes where you're staying at night and you're walking 15 to 20 miles a day up and down hills, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where you're going to eat, what, you know, what are you, what, what's in store for you man, that's what keeps you on your toes. That's what keeps you alive. That's what helps define and refine your passion and your purpose. And I guarantee you that as I crossed France this last time, man, when I got off the plane in Paris, initially it was 106 degrees. And what was going through my head was how in the world am I going to walk 15 plus miles every day in 160, 106 degrees. And then Ooh. later on, you know, I'm, I'm through the mountains of, of walking through France and I get caught in the worst rainstorms I have ever been in. So you're out there and you go, how am I going to survive this rainstorm where I feel like I'm drowning out here? So you know what? I do these things on purpose because, because what it does is it, it instills a confidence and a belief in myself that I can overcome because isn't that what happens on our goals that we don't get them is because all of a sudden all of a sudden they become too big i can't do that that's too hard we start making excuses of why we can't achieve what we want to achieve but when you start to develop an, an inner confidence yourself that you can do it man who can stop you if you believe that right that's so true because um one, one of the things my my wife laughs at me I have a habit of, uh, of doing crazy things um, and then just making life happen afterwards, right? Like, you know, we, uh, we got, got married on a whim and, uh, you know, we've been together for 10 years now. We moved our business from Missouri to California on a whim. Um, we closed, you know, got a, um, it, you know, had a big business, uh, $100,000 a year thing that we got rid of um, to change our course um, at one point, uh, you know, decided to move into an RV and travel the country. Um, we did that in like 28 days from start to living in an RV and selling everything we own. So, you know, I've got a habit of like, I just want to do things and have them, you know, and just do them quick. I um, mean, the, the reason why we do that now and why it's not a big problem to make big decisions and do all that is because there's a whole backlog of success of, of knowing that it doesn't matter what happens, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? Well, we can, we can do this um, because um, most people, when faced with a decision to do something or not to do something, are afraid of the unknown, um, right? They're afraid of, I, I don't know how it's gonna work out, I don't know what's gonna go on here, I need to have all my ducks in a row, 
Um, and one of the things that I realized early on, because my dad actually taught this to me, was that, you know, the if you wait till you're ready to do anything, you'll never do anything because the process of getting ready happens as you're experiencing the thing, right? Because um, experience is really what makes you ready for experiences. So anyway, so that whole point is, is that that is the key to growth is just learning to put yourself into situations and, and take the risk, right? Take the risk and do the thing um, because you'll never know what, what you're capable of if you don't ever face the struggles. Yeah, that's right. If, if we wait for the stars to, to fall into perfect alignment before we start anything, we're going to be at the starting line for the rest of our life. That's the bottom line. And you know, you hit upon something, Richard, that's so absolutely key. It's the, it's the, it's the four letter word that, that, that has devastated more dreams and drowned more hopes than any four letter word ever out there. And it's the, the, the word fear, F-E-A-R. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what, man, if I, if I had a gift, if I had a superpower gift, my gift would be to be able to, to, to glance someone's direction and get rid of all their fear. Because if I could get rid of people's fear, if I had that ability, man, that person could live the greatest life ever. And, and you know, this is, this, is how, this, is, this is how I get past my fear. Because first off, I want you to know that when I go into a foreign country and I step off that airplane with only my backpack, man, I'm, I'm feeling so many butterflies. There's like a butterfly parade going on in my gut. I'm feeling the anxiety, <laughs> yeah. the nerves, the tension, everything. I'm feeling fear. But the key to overcoming fear every time for me is I make the adventure bigger than the fear. I make the adventure bigger than the fear. And when you can get to the point where you go, man, man, that sounds amazing. When you get to that point, the fear takes a backseat. And maybe the fear always tries to be a backseat driver, but, but man, you're, in, you're behind the wheel now, the adventure. If you're behind the wheel of that RV, no matter people saying, well, what happens if you break down out there? Oh my gosh, what happens if you can't do this? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? Done that plenty. Let, people, let people plant seeds of doubt all the time because when you know where you're going, no one's going to stop you. Yeah. And I, I like the, uh, the idea of making the adventure bigger than the fear. My, uh, my internal version of that is, uh, is stories. I'm sort of, a, sort of obsessed with stories and the, the things that I'm afraid of like that I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that is, is the thing that gets me over the hump to do the things is imagine I'm, I'm either going to get a story out of it <laughs> or I'm going to get what I imagine I wanted out of it. Right. So like, it's, um, they're, they're always good experiences on the other side. Right. And pain for, um, lack of a, a better word, anything that, you know, you don't particularly enjoy is always, um, transient, right. It doesn't stay like, you know, um, and we have, for whatever reason, it's probably some sort of development or creation for our for ourselves. We don't remember pain well, um, but we remember story really well. Right? It's why uh, women have are capable of having more than one child because they don't remember the pain of childbirth. <laughs> um, right? right? It's why my my wife let me have have four kids with her, um, <laughs> and um, it, and that's the that's just the way it goes, right? Just in this last week. Um, we had our, our toilet blow up, um, and like literally it popped off of everything. And, you know, that was always fun. And I had, a we had a, an RV park we tried to get into that their entrance was too small for our RV and they didn't tell us until afterwards that we were supposed to come into their exit because of our size. Um, and we smashed like the back left part of our RV trying to go up their hill, um, have to fix a whole bunch of things. And like a, a lot of that is like, 
they're just part of the adventure, right? It's part, part of the adventure. And you, at the other side of it, what you end up with is you end up with, with stories. So even, you know, in the midst of it, you're like, oh man, I can't believe we broke down the side of the road or broke our thing or our toilet blew up. But on the other side, you get stories, right? You get, you get things to share with people, experiences that other people don't have. Um, and, you know, your other option is to not do it, right? And what is it, Mark Twain, it says, you know, 20 years from now, you're going to regret the things you didn't do more than the ones you did. So, yeah, I, yeah, you're so right on, man. And I mean, I, I'm a big believer in no regret living. And, and oftentimes, that's how I measure whether or not I'm going to do something or not do something. I imagine if I'm sitting in the rocking chair, I call it my rocking chair test, and I'm sitting on the front porch, and I'm an old dude, and I'm rocking back and forth, and I'm looking at the scrapbook of my life, and I'm looking at all the pictures of everything that I, I did, and I just never want to see pictures of things that, that I wish I would have done. And it's no regret living. I, I don't have any regrets for things that I tried and, and didn't succeed doing. I have no regrets because I went for it, man. I gave it my best. But the things that I didn't try, that's where the regrets fall. And, and, and sometimes, you know what, I, I, know, I know what I'm afraid of. And so that's why I take those dudes on straight on. For example, heights is not my favorite thing. I was in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, a few years back, and 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 there's something called the Sky Tower Jump in Auckland, where it's this building hmm. where you bungee jump it's off at 630 either. feet. And I waited till the very end of the day, where the elevator to go up was it was the last call going up, and I was I finally just pushed myself in that elevator, and I went up by myself. Nobody else was up there, and so I got up to the top of the building, and I'm greeted by two dudes that are about to put me in like my my orange jumpsuit and strap me on because I'm about to jump off that building. Nobody else is up there because it's the last of the jumps, and I'll, the rest of the crowd that has jumped has already done it or walked down. So I have no reinforcement from crowd or no one else high fiving me and saying, "Okay." you can do this buddy you got this i've just got these two guys and so there's a plank off the building it looks like a pirate's plank on a ship the kind in the olden days where you've got to walk, walk the, the plank. plank so i've almost all strapped in with my bungee gear i start to walk that plank i look over and i go oh my god oh my god i look down and the cars were so small i turned around so fast and the guys looked at me and they saw that there was such extraordinary fear and they didn't even want to bother talking me into it. They just said, okay, okay, you know, not everybody can do it. And I, and I and really, immediately in my head, I go, no, man, because I will regret this the rest of my life. So at that point, I did a quick little mental trick. I walked off the plank backwards. I heard myself saying, wait, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So I couldn't see anything. And then all the next thing I knew was going, ah. As I'm falling <laughs> down this thing, just being crazy. And as I'm popping back and forth up and down, you know, in the middle of the air, I'm going, oh my God, this is one of the greatest things I've ever done. But sometimes you've got to realize when you're at that point in life where you might regret not doing this, you just got to jump. You got to yeah. jump. Yeah, that is, uh, that has pretty much been my, my life experience. Everything from getting married to having kids to starting businesses to moving halfway across the country to selling everything you own to move into an RV just over and over again. It's just, you know, if I don't do it, I'll regret it later. So might as well do it and see what happens. And um, that is uh, my, um, I, I think cliff diving and bungee jumping and jumping out of airplanes are like, it's like one of the best metaphors for those kind of decisions. Cause you know, just, you know, it was like four weeks ago, my family and I, we were up in Yosemite at a little place called Rainbow Pool and they have a waterfall there that is eh, maybe 35, 40 feet tall. Um, 
and it's you know it's it's uh it's been like scooped out with the water so it's like u-shaped and you can sit on it and the water will just shoot you right off the waterfall into a pool below that's like 40 feet deep um super cool and you can climb back up and do it again and you know getting my uh walking my kids through that experience of like you know you want to um do you want to you know go off of this and um walking through that mental exercise of of it's scary and I don't, and I, I want to do it, but the fear is holding me back. How do you overcome that fear? Um, and doing those things, right? And I even got my, uh, my five-year-old um, to uh, go off of the, um, off of the waterfall. And my, uh, my nine-year-old boy, there's another cliff that's another 10 feet higher that you can jump off of. And took him up there and, you know, coached him through it a little bit. It's like, hey, we're going to go stand on the edge of the cliff. And what you want to do when you get to the edge of the cliff is, is just walk right to the side and then don't even think about it. Just stand up and jump off. Right. Because if you let yourself think about it, you'll freak yourself out. Right. You just have to have to, you know, take the leap, so to speak, because, I mean, you know, you can swim. You watched all the other people do it. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and just like walking through that mental exercise of taking um, of of just taking the leap of not, do, you know, of doing something. And like all, both my kids now, we, you talk to them about what their favorite part of the trip so far in the last two years has been. They're both like it's jumping off the waterfall. Right. And, you know, and they would have regretted not doing it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an important thing to learn how to do. And, you know, now they have those experiences to rely upon because once we have, once we really pushed past fear and stretched our comfort zone out there and we didn't, and we didn't die and, and we survived and maybe we survived brilliantly, it gives us power to move forward. I mean, Tony mm -hmm. Robbins knew this a long time ago when he started doing his seminars and doing the, the fire walks, because who thinks that you can walk across hot coals barefooted? But at Tony's events, you know, he set it up so that you're walking across these hot coals barefooted. And it's really just a metaphor. But what other things in your life do you think that you cannot do because you're convinced you cannot do, but you really could do? So once we mm -hmm. start stretching our comfort zone just a little bit further, it does give us confidence because we can remember, yes. Yes, I can do that. And I didn't die. And maybe someone's saying right now, they're listening. Yeah, well, I did try and I failed. And the failure was so hurtful and the rejection and the, you know, the, 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 the feedback that I got, people are saying, well, why did you do that in the first place? Yeah, that's why I'm not going to move forward again. That's why I'm not going to do that. Well, we could let, we could let that drown us forever. And we could let us let that keep us inside that comfort zone. But man, is that, is that even really living? Is that really even living? I remember the very first time I pedaled a bike across the country. And when you were pedaling a bike through the very, very, very small towns across the Midwest, I came across on some of those country roads, a lot of very, very old cemeteries. And I would park my bike there. And some of these cemeteries were sold. The hanging sign, the entrance sign below was, was hanging on the ground. And, the, you know, it, you walk through that and, and the, some of those people had been buried there for hundreds of years because the, the tombstone was completely unreadable. The, the weather and the rain and everything had washed them away. And I remember standing in front of some of those and I just would wonder, you know, did the person here, did they live the life they wanted to live? Did they, did they chase their dreams? Did they, did they go for the, their goals? Did they, did they have a good life? I mean, I really think those things because someday that's you and someday that's me. And when we realize that life is short and that we are not here forever and that we don't have the opportunity to do these things forever of jumping off the tallest building in Auckland, of driving an RV across the country with our family, of, of walking across the country, if, if we 
don't do these now, eventually there will be no now. And, and to me, that's the great motivator yeah. is always knowing that this is my time because someday it's no longer my time. Yeah. And, and you just have to look at, and it, it just, it, it filters everything in your life, right? Whether or not you have any interest in jumping off of a building or driving your RV around the country. Um, you know, it could be as simple as I want to write the book or I want to set girl out or I want to have a kid, right? Whatever, whatever the things are in your life, you have to, you have to, you have to just do them, right? You're, because you're, yeah. if you wait, if you wait, you're not going to have the chance. Because, because Richard Matthews' dreams aren't maybe a listener's dreams. Sean Anderson's dreams aren't a, 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 a listener's dreams. But yet you, you as a listener, someone who's listening in today, you have your own dreams. You have, the, you have whispers in your heart of what you want to do. And maybe, maybe it is, you know, writing that book or writing the song or sending your, sending your manuscript out to somebody, or maybe it's, maybe it's just a hobby that you want to do, or maybe you've always regretted not finishing your college degree, or maybe you think that you might be too old to go back and take a college course. Man, whatever your thing might be, go do your thing. Absolutely. So I want to move on just a little bit and talk about the other side of a superpower, which is the fatal flaw. Right. So Superman had his kryptonite. You know, Batman's not actually a superhero. If you had to look at your own life and say, hey, there's this one thing that's been, you know, I've regularly had to fight with or deal with too that's held me back. Um, what would you say that is? And more importantly, how have you worked to overcome that for other people who might uh, suffer from something similar? You know, I really honestly, I, 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 I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's I, like, I, I'm I really, flawless. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, it's, it's not that at all because. Because, because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in self-awareness and I'm a big believer mm -hmm. in, in, in knowing, knowing what might hold you back and working hard so that that area doesn't hold you back. And as I continue to get older, I'm 50, I guess, what am I, 56 now? I, I realize how imperfect I am and, and, and I realize it, how imperfect it just, we all are. Yeah, it just makes me, it, 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 it's just the self-awareness. I, I have a hundred flaws, Richard. I, I have a hundred flaws, but every one of them is a little less of a flaw than it was yesterday, okay? And, 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 then, and then tomorrow I'm going to recognize a, a new flaw that I didn't see before because it's all about evolving and it's all about growing. And I don't think any of us will ever get to the point where we master life. Maybe let's just pray to God that none of us are ever stuck in kindergarten forever, right? And, 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 mm -hmm. and so, you know, I've, I've got a hundred flaws. I've got the, I, and, and every single day, it's, it's a day, it's a day to, to start over. I, my favorite, my favorite day of the week is always today. It's because today is always a do over. Today gives me a chance to do over everything that I didn't do successfully yesterday. And it's that, it's taking the time every morning and, and, and giving myself a new start, a new slate to try to try to 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 be the best that i can be and and uh you know it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what my flaws are i i can always i i just keep trying to i just keep trying to understand and 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 keep keep making sure that that flaw doesn't really hold me back uh, you know if, so if, one of go ahead one, there's like two schools of thought on 
dealing with flaws that I have seen um, crop up. One of them is that if you have a flaw in an area or a struggle in an area that you ignore it and outsource it to someone else, right? Just don't worry about that. Focus only on your strengths because if you know that's where you can have the biggest impact is in the areas where you're strong. And the other side of that is if you have something that is a weakness, it's probably holding you back. And if you can make it just a little bit better, it can have, it can help unlock your strengths, right? If you will, you can take a few of the areas that you have flaw, you know, flaws in and improve them a little bit. It'll help unlock your strengths and be able to have more work that way. Which side of, of that do you, do you fall on? You know, let me give you a specific example. So let's say that, let's say that discipline, that a lack of discipline could be, could be determined as a flaw. Well, I, I've been able to develop a system that helps deal with maybe a lack of discipline or understanding that that flaw exists in me. So what I've done is I've really learned to program my day almost hour by hour that this is what I'm supposed to do. It's really a lesson that I learned as I go back to, to elementary school. I mean, most every kid gets through elementary school because we've got this subject and we've got mother, father, teacher, you know, making sure that we're, 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 we're showing up to school, we're doing our homework, we're getting through. So I really went back to that, that mother, dad, teacher accountability, that MDT accountability system and applied it to my own life now. So hour by hour, there's so much structure in my day that I eliminate the flaw of maybe not having the, the discipline. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, lo I love the, uh, the idea too of um, structuring your day feels to some people can feel like, you know, you're making yourself restricted. But one of the things that I've realized is when you structure your day, um, it gives you uh, more freedom um, because you are able to be space, right? Because if you have, this is my family time and it's set aside on the calendar that this is for my family, then you, you can turn everything else off because you know it's scheduled, it's all taken care of, right? You can, uh, you can dedicate yourself to whatever that's on the calendar at the time being because you know everything has its place. That's right. And I'm also a big believer that control the morning, control the day. I, I believe that the most important time of a person's day to really be dedicated to your schedule and your discipline is the morning because that starts feeding everything that happens the rest of the day. If you can find success and confidence by what you do in the morning, you become stronger throughout the day. If you find yourself failing and not following through with things early in the morning, then you're chasing your tail all day. And nowhere does this become more real than when I'm walking across the country. My goal is always to do 10 by 10. I want to get 10 miles walked by 10 a.m. because then it just takes this huge pressure off me. It takes a huge pressure because if I'm scrambling and it's one o'clock in the afternoon, and the sun's going to come out and get hotter and I haven't done it, man, I start to feel more anxiety. I'm starting to scramble more. Everything, everything feels, everything feels messy. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it's getting things done early, which sets the tone for the rest of the day. Control the morning, control the day. Yeah, we actually do something similar with our travels, right? We, we generally don't drive more than two or three hours whenever we move. Um, and we'll generally on move days, we'll get up early and get everything ready to go and move. And, you know, if we are out by eight o'clock, we'll generally be wherever we're at by 10 or 11. Um, and if you move into a new spot by, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock, you've got the whole day, right? You're like, your day hasn't even started yet. <laughs> and you're already in a new spot and you've got places to explore and you can find a grocery store and, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. Um, because 
you know, you've, you've already accomplished the big thing you needed to accomplish by early in the morning. Um, and, yeah, well, I, you know, I go ahead. I just say it, it, it just applies everywhere, right? You're, you know, if you can get your business stuff done early in the morning, you have the afternoon to, to do more fun things, to be creative, to, you know, go explore, do whatever it is that you want to do. Or, you know, it's the concept of this whole flex time. I, I believe that we need to build flex time into our schedule because, because then if, if things didn't quite go as you had planned in the morning, but yet you had started early, you now have flex time to continue to work on it later. For example, you want to get to where you need to get by 10 o'clock. Let's say that you have a flat tire, but you started early. Well, you have the rest of the day. There is flex time built into your schedule that you could still do that. On the other hand, if you had not started till 1 p.m. and you got that, that flat tire at 4 p.m., all of a sudden then it's getting dark and, and things happen and you're creating more anxiety and more pressure on yourself because your family's out there in kind of an urgent situation. Flex time's an important thing, you know, and, and the more flex time we build into our schedule, the healthier, the healthier our attitudes, the healthier our mindsets, the healthier our life. Yeah, and I like, I have, I have had those experiences, not flat tire, but, you know, we've blown out uh, radiators and alternators and batteries and, you know, other things on the road. And, if you've got a, you know, if you've got the flex time, it's easy to just keep moving on, right? And, you know, I got time, got there, still get there on time. Um, sometimes you get there a little later, a little later at night or during the day, but it's still, you got, got what you needed to accomplish done that day, um, right? And in our case, in this context, it's traveling, it's got to get to the new destination. Generally, I got to get there by sunset. But if we've got all afternoon is free to do that thing, you have a lot of flex time to make sure it happens, um, which is really useful. Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? You can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. So um, I'm actually, I'm going to skip a couple of my normal questions because we have covered them very well in our, in our discussion. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about your own personal heroes, right? So, you know, Proto had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki, his rich, were your heroes? Were they mentors, speakers or authors, peers who were just peers ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business? You, you know, I've never, I've never met any of my heroes. And, and sometimes I think that heroes certainly can be people that we've either met or we haven't met. And as a, as a writer, one of my heroes or one of my role models was a gentleman by the name of Og O.G. Mandino. And Og Mandino had written a book, The Greatest Miracle in the World. Uh, and it was a, it was a, a success principle book, fictional inspiration in his style of writing and, and, and believing that you could, 
you could motivate people and inspire people, not by giving them a list of 10 things you need to do to be a millionaire or 10 things you need to do to get your book published or 10 things you need to do to, to kick ass in the world. But he wrote it in the sense of a story and he let the, the, he let the readers pick and choose what it is that they wanted to get out of that story. And, and his, that made such a mark on me that that's now how I do my writing. It's not, it's not the 10 habits of highly successful people and what you do, but it's, it's, it's motivating people and inspiring people through fictional stories. Ogmandina was one. The second one was a guy that you might've heard of by the name of Benjamin Franklin. And Benjamin Franklin had a book uh, called The Autobiography yeah. of Benjamin Franklin. And in that he had identified he identified qualities, virtues that he wanted to live by and, 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 and these things that he wanted in his life. And so he, he created an accountability plan to focus on these qualities, you, you know, each month so that he developed that quality. Well, it was that sort of personal accountability structure and plan that made such an impression on me when I was younger, that accountability, personal accountability written personal accountability, journal-like personal accountability daily became super important. And I think that's why I was able to reach some of the goals that I was able to reach financially, maybe at a young age, and some of the other things I've been able to do, because I understood that superstar, supernova lessons from Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. The, uh, um, the interesting thing I find about, um, about, um, this the I want to Augmentino. Um, the story-based stuff, like fiction and telling stories, is that um, I, I tell people all the time that we're a story-born people, right? That's the reason why this show exists. We can share each other's stories, right? And um, we connect more, and we uh, what would you say? What we are more impacted by stories than any other form of communication, right? You, you mentioned, you know, 10 things, like those are, you know, lists of how to information on how to get something done. Um, like I always refer to that kind of stuff as nails, right? It's data. Um, and like the, the, it's, it's data without a, without a hammer. It's a nail without a hammer and your stories are, are the hammers. They're what you, lets you, Stories are what let you do things with the data, what, you know, to, to drive the nail home, so to speak. Um, and it's, a, it's such an important thing to learn how to, how to both interact with stories and tell stories, because, I mean, it's pretty much our whole life revolved around it. It's how you, um, how you raise kids and how you decide which movie you're going to go see with your friends and how you do marketing and how you, um, how you consume stories. Um, it's, it's, a, it's like cornerstone to the human experience. That's, I certainly found that that is what worked for me. And, and when I was younger, and I'm talking, you know, out of college, I, I, I read every self-help book I possibly could. And, you know, whether it was, I guess, I think his name, John Malloy, Dress for Success, or Stephen Covey's 10 Habits of Highly Successful People. And I just started to feel what resonated with me. What resonated with me? And then there was a speaker that all of us that have been, you know, immersed in self-help are very familiar with by the name of Zig Ziglar. And, Zig Zig had a famous a famous story. I think biscuits, fleas, and pump handles, and and he was giving these principles that were yeah. associated with each of these stories about about his mama making biscuits and then being a flea trainer and 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 and, and trying to pump water and 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 it stuck with me so much that I can still remember it to this day. 
And I think that if we can entertain people or find that sense of entertainment that says, yeah, I'm going to listen to you because you sound interesting. I'm going to listen to you. Then maybe the lessons that we're trying to share, the lessons that have empowered us, maybe then they might reach that other person a little bit better. Yeah, um, I think that's, uh, that's absolutely true. And uh, all the way down to like one of the things that um, I have noticed happens in entrepreneur with entrepreneurs is we get ourselves immersed in like, like the only type of books I can read are self-help books. And like, I can't read fiction because fiction doesn't actually help me. And I realized um, that that's some, sometimes it's a, it's a flaw in thinking because it's the, uh, the, the storytelling, like um, when you read a, a book from a good author, you, there's so much more than just the story that you can get from that. Your, your brain will start picking up on, you know, how they're doing, how they're telling stories and how they're building characters and how the decisions those characters are making are impacting them. You're, you'll, you'll pick up on all those patterns um, and it makes you a better storyteller. It makes you a better listener. It makes you a better marketer. It makes you a better person. So I think, uh, you know, just stories in general are, uh, um, are really important part of, of, uh, of growth, especially as an entrepreneur. You know, and a, a side note to what you said there too. I, I mean, I, I think the successful life is the life that has found balance. And, um, you know, I, I think the person that just stays, you know, that just wants to read the self-help books all the time, man, I, cause I was that person, you know, I, I was that person, but mm -hmm. it, you, you, my life might have been lacking some of the real joy at that time or the, or finding inspiration from other ways, because I was so darn focused on, you know, making my first million dollars that, that I learned to open up and have different experiences and appreciate things. I mean, I love Dan Brown. I love the Da Vinci Code. I love his book, Angels and Demons. I love Digital Fortress. I love Origin and Inferno, you know, so we, we have to find those moments of escape just to give our brain a timeout. There's eight hours a night that we give our body a timeout and take a nap. I think also to find our ultimate success, we have to find time to give our brain a timeout. He's still there. Kicked me off for a second. Oh, there you are. Hello, I hear yeah, you. Not sure what happened. It just <laughs> just kicked me off. So hopefully we can uh, we can redo that. So you were saying um, we can find find time for your brain. Um, with yeah, the we, stories. we need to, we need to create time out so that we're just not stress filled, anxiety rich human beings that are just so unappealing to hang out with because all we want is that goal. I got it, my business. I it's about my business. I, I you know we don't want to be that person either. Yeah, you want to um, the uh, to to bring this back full circle, right? Talking about taking the um, being the kind of person that actually goes out and does the thing that takes the risks and you know doesn't have the regrets, having a no regret life, um, makes you a type of person that's interesting to sit down and talk to, right? You have because um, you know, you're not just focused on one thing and you don't have just one set of experiences. You have um, you've done more than most people. Right. When when you say yes, more often than you say no to the things that you uh, that you want to do, um, it allows you to connect at a, at a greater level with more people because of the experiences you have. Yeah, absolutely. 
I absolutely believe that. I think that when you live richly, and I mean that in the terms of adventures and experiences, when you live richly, I think I think that you become more of a magnet of people wanting to be drawn to you. And and uh, be, because because I think the people that I'm drawn to that have lived richly, they feed me. They they their experiences yeah. help help me. They plant seeds in me, or they help water seeds in me. And that's why I do my best to surround my people who have lived richly because they open my eyes to how much more richly I might be able to live. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have those people in your life, um, they help push you to say yes more often too. Um, because, you know, when you see them doing it, it's, it's almost like that invisible accountability partner where it's like, Hey, when you have, when you have peers that are, are doing things and, and saying yes, um, then it gives, it's almost like giving you permission to do the same thing. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, when you, when you, when you hang out with people who don't mind stepping across their comfort zone line, you know, you're more apt to want to follow them than if you just hang out with people who are constantly just, you know, watching Vanna White and Pat Sajak buying imaginary vowels, uh, watching a game show at nighttime. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, it's, so what do you, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be one that was content and lived under your couch and looked at pictures and books? Or do you want to go be the person who t- takes pictures and books and, you know, and is enjoying mm-hmm. cool experiences around the world? Yeah. I've always had the same sort of the same feeling. It's like, why, why watch someone else play sports when you can go play the sport yourself, right? That kind of mentality um, <laughs> to, to take in life, um, taking life by the horn, so to speak. So, Last thing I want to sort of bring it home for our listeners. What are the top one or two principles or actions that you do sort of every day that you think contribute to the success and influence you enjoy in your business um, in your life right now? I go the, I go the extra mile in three ways every single day. I go the extra mile for my health. I go the extra mile for one other person. And, and I go the extra mile for my purpose. Every single day I find a way to go the extra mile in each one of those ways. So give me some examples for health. Well, like for what exa- does it mean to go the extra mile for your health? Well, for example, it's, it's just making sure to take the time and I'm not going to later today, I'm not going to go on a 20 minute walk. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I made the time and I'm going to go out for like a 90 minute walk. That's creating extra mile time in my schedule to go do that. And you know, uh, uh, for, for, for your purpose, it's, it's perhaps going the extra mile and contacting three people who might be able to, you know, help uh, p- p- promote a book. Going the extra mile for someone else is taking a moment and, and, and sending an email to someone saying, hey, Richard, man, loved your show. You are amazing and awesome. You stay with it. You keep going. <laughs> Someday you're going to have 500,000 listeners if you keep following your track. It's going the extra mile for someone else and showing belief and confidence and encouragement in them. So every day, go the extra mile in those three areas and watch what happens to your life. Watch what happens to your energy. Watch what happens to your own purpose. Watch what happens to your vitality. Yeah, and it, it, it seems, um, I, I have had people in the past tell me that they're like, you, you seem like you have magical powers almost, right? Because you've accomplished so much. 
um, you know, by your age. And, and I always, you know, th that, what you just said, that's the magical power. The magical power is just doing a little bit every day in a few key areas. And it's, you know, we, I think most people drastically overestimate what they can accomplish in a year um, and drastically underestimate what happens over the course of 10 years if you make a little bit of progress every day um, because it starts to snowball, <laughs> um, you know, the farther you get into uh, to, to making a little bit of progress every day. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you just throw something into the universe every day, like imagine it's an imaginary paper airplane, throw that paper airplane in the universe and just say, I wonder if I do this, what happens? Sometimes all of a sudden something comes back to you that's pretty darn cool. It does. Um, so that basically brings us to the end of our interview. I have a couple small little things we do here at the end of the show. One of them is called the Hero Challenge. Hero Challenge is pretty easy. Um, and it's basically this. Do you have someone in your life or in your network um, that you think has a cool entrepreneurial journey? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story with our guests on the Hero Show? I think that I think that the people that listen to you are pretty darn lucky because they've got a guy that's that's living a crazy dream filled life that's found a way to support him and himself financially and who rides around the country in a motorhome. I think uh, I think there's a good one right there. His name, by the way, is Richard Matthews. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so uh, do you actually do you have uh, do you have um, someone you think we could uh, we should invite on the show or or um, or not? Well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, a few years ago, uh, the very first time I pedaled a bike across the country, I uh, it was called the Extra Mile America Tour. And the Extra Mile America Tour was taking at that time my uh, uh, non-bicyclist body uh, 4,800 miles across the country. But the real power of the tour was I interviewed over That's 200 crazy, cool. people who had been identified as going the extra mile, these people who had phenomenal stories of doing great things. And, and, and I, I met so many awesome people. And I'll tell you about one of them in Colorado. Actually, it was a husband and wife. Their name is Brad and Libby Berkey. And Brad and Libby started a restaurant in Colorado called The Same Cafe, S-A-M-E. And it stands for So All May Eat. Now, people say, well, how can someone who opens at a restaurant be a hero? How can, you know, there's restaurant owners everywhere. Well, Brad and Libby decided to do something pretty different. So you go into the same cafe and you look at the menu and there's no prices. And at the end of the, at the, end of the meal, you do not get a bill. You pay what you can pay. And I guess Brad and Libby now have had this restaurant and for, for oh, fiddlesticks. It's, it's probably been... 12 or 15 years and they've built this this whole idea that people should be able to have delicious healthy meals and if you can't afford it you can come in and you can pick up a broom and you can sweep or you can do dishes and you can find a way to work for your meal and their concept has been so phenomenal that now there's been little restaurants across the country that have followed that same principle of the same cafe to me those are real awesome extra mile heroes that is that is super cool um, I would be, it'd be really fascinating to talk to someone like that. Um, so last thing I want to do is where can, uh, is, is, you know, first, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And where can people find you if they want to, you know, either hear more from you or they want to hire you to come speak on a stage. Um, I know you said you're at this point, you're pretty choosy about who you, you take on this, who, the, um, you know, what kind of things you take on, but who would be the ideal like audience for you to speak to and who should, uh, who should reach, where can they find you? 
people can find me at seananderson.com, S-H-A-W-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. And if you've just been tempted at all with anything that I said that, that you want to learn more, I put out a, a, a newsletter on Thursdays. It's called Inspiration Thursday. I think I've now written today, today was Thursday, I think number 390, my 390th issue in a row went out. And it's just something really easy. It's sometimes it's stories, sometimes it's it's like little life lessons of what I've picked up that are gonna push or pull you up your own mountain. Inspiration Thursday, go to seananderson.com, sign up for it if you've liked anything today uh, that I've said. It's awesome. So seananderson.com, if you want to, uh, to pick that up and go take a look at uh, his Inspiration Thursdays. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate um, having you here. It's been a, um, a real pleasure talking to you and hearing about your story. And I know we didn't even get to get into some of the stuff that you've, you've done. You've done all sorts of crazy things um, from, you know, walking across countries to biking across countries and, you know, building big businesses. So I look forward to uh, connecting with you again in the future. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it would be my privilege again to talk to you sometime, Richard. I think people that live their dreams like you who are just live this these crazy, awesome lives and live what they want, man, you're an inspiration to all of us. You're an inspiration for anybody that thinks that uh, th that I can't is bigger than I can. You are the I can man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate that. It sounds like you have the uh, the same kind of mentality in your life. Um, and it sounds like we are uh, we're cut from the same cloth, so to speak. So again, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate having you here today.